I don't know what it was. He's walking upright like a man. Sightings in and around Vermont. Bigfoot sightings across New England have been reported. Red glowing eyes, about seven feet tall. Red eyes, big old fangs, claws coming out through. Three inches long, you know, just sharp as they could be. There has been another UFO sighting flying over the Royal Botanic Gardens. There are 500 UFO sightings in the world every month. The truth is out there. I redeemed some of my... Uh, the thing that my company gives me in lieu of actually giving me bonuses. Yeah, which um, is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, like, the... the oh, you can redeem this for uh, one thing type thing. Yeah. But it takes you, like, three years to accumulate enough to get one thing. <laughs> um, it's so, all intentional. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's entirely intentional. I hate it. Um, but I redeemed mine, finally... Oh, nice. And I got a $50 uh, eShop card for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So I got two games. Nice. With that. I'm uh, excited have, for Paper Mario. Have, that is coming out soon, isn't it? The origami, uh, whatever. Six days. It, it's like, it's like, a it's like the 2D people got affected by the 3D people basically yeah where they're getting turned into 3d people <laughs> I, I, i'm in, i'm excited to see how that plot of that game goes um so i picked up star wars episode one racer okay um because i love that game yeah and i've made it farther in that game than i ever did when i was a kid which uh surprised me considering i'm worse at video games now than i was before yeah um and i also got a game called graveyard keeper which is basically Stardew Valley, but instead, it's a totally inaccurate uh, medieval graveyard simulator. Oh, fantastic. And it's very fun. Nice. Very, very fun. The uh, um, So a game that I was better at as a kid and I can't get anywhere near as far Yeah. is the Ninja Turtles on the uh, NES. Okay, so I have a hypothesis about NES games. Yes. Now... This is my thinking. The reason why you could get farther on an NES game back in the day is because there were less games. Right? So there were less games to play. And the fact of the matter is, you'd be willing to deal with the bullshit oh, of that's a harder true. game for longer. That, yeah. But now, now, unless the game is intentionally designed hard, so like your Risk of Rains, your uh, Celeste's, um, Hollow Knights, those types of games, right? Yeah. Dead Cells. If the game is not intentionally designed to be hard and you're not going into the game for a hard experience, um, you're more mad and you don't want to That's deal with that. very true. Because Ninja Turtles, it was like Dark Souls. Like, I can't even get to the, like, <laughs> underwater, like, electrified seaweed level anymore. Like, I can't get that far anymore. Well, but the problem the problem isn't that it was it's a hard game by design. It's a hard game by uh development. Like the the mechanics are poorly realized and that's the problem. True. Um mainly the collision detection mechanics. That's that's really the usually that's the thing that kills a lot of older games. Um Yeah. Actually, uh E.T., the infamous Atari 7200, I want to say, mm -hmm. 
or was it 5200 i don't remember off the top of my head um i should remember that because it it nearly killed the games industry forever um an industry i am intimately involved in um gross it's it is a little gross i want to i won't lie um (coughs) but so that game the reason it failed uh was because the like one of the main problems was the collision detection was poorly realized not to mention that like it was inscrutable how to play the game like it was very because it was like i think if my memory serves me it was like programmed in like a week week or two or something like that like some crazily short amount of time yeah i i don't know what was up with developers back in the day but man they churned stuff out like it was nobody's business um then again uh just a few pixels moving around on a screen was enough to make people happy so you know whatever yeah um because pong was a huge hit well pong pong is like pong was the killer app right that was the thing that made people realize oh i can play a thing on my my uh on my television console on my tv yeah um and it's it's a simplistic game but it's not a bad game because at its core it's just tennis or pong ping pong right and and people like tennis and ping pong yeah yeah so it's 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 an abstraction of an existing cons a game that is already very popular so um but it's also stupid easy to do because literally all you're doing is you have a box and a point and you're doing a collision test between those two and applying a velocity vector against it it's i could probably program pong in about five minutes if i wanted to so um a a game that i've been playing a lot recently which is so much fun is uh, a game called ai dungeon where it's basically D and D, but it's uh, uh, just well, a com- an AI making up the story, and also you can turn off safe for work mode. Um, <laughs> so make sure you do that on every adventure. And it actually, does surprisingly well. Stuff gets weird uh, when you start le- going outside of the fantasy stuff because I think they just fed it a bunch of fantasy books and it, and it kind of uh, develops yeah. the story. And it does really well. I got maybe twenty minutes, thirty minutes into a story, and it was doing pretty well. Um, so, but is it Zork like, like in terms of like? It's all text based, so you have say and do options. So you could say something, or you could do something. And okay. um, there's quests um, that you get throughout the game, and you, it's really good at taking any information you give it. But then, over mm-hmm. time, it just doesn't like. It'll drop something a little bit weird, and then it'll just make crazy shit happen, which is the most fun part. Because I, I was a rogue. So your quest is to learn, like, earn enough, steal enough so that you can retire. And there's a number of values Mm -hmm. assigned to that in the game. And they assign values to, like, whatever it is that you steal. So I figure I'll go steal from the king because he has a lot of stuff. And this is after I failed a bunch of, like, small, smaller jobs and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So guards see me and I'm trying to evade the guards. And then this is, again, a medieval high fantasy setting. And then the weird thing happens. And the weird thing is guard calls for more guards on his radio so now <laughs> now it just is the first time I, I went oh it's about to break isn't it like it, it, it I, I ran this ai as far as it can go and it's it's it just showed the, uh, the, uh, the chink in its armor so the guard radio is for more guards 
<laughs> well, it's 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 uh, the magic radio. It's yeah. not it's not a d- don't take what the AI says as literal. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I duck into this room, and mm-hmm. um, it's describing the room, and it does very well. And of course, there's a green vial. So I no, it was, it. it was a syringe with green fluid. So of course, I use the do action of um, inject syringe. Yeah, so, no, so, that's that's what you should do. So, like, you feel a little bit weird, nothing, but but I can't figure out what it does. And then eventually, the mm-hmm. AI just drops, uh, like, it's like, oh, you, it's like, it's describing a scene of guards coming, and then it th- adds that I become aware that I think I can control the guards with my mind. I mean, that's not, that's not outside of a fantasy setting. That's, um... That's, that's not. Uh, that is psionics. not. But it's, that's psionics. It's they do a cyberpunk whatever. stuff too. But it, it went from like okay, because I was just a rogue before, and now the guards have radios, and I have mind control. And this is over the course of just like two actions, and it was doing perfectly well. So like b- before that, um, well, and I, so, I think it's still doing perfectly well based on your description. Yeah, to me, well, but I, you know, I, th- I, this I kill the this... world with my mind powers. <laughs> Yeah, so, this this yeah. doesn't sound too far off from a campaign that I would run. Let's be yeah. real. And then just for fun, I did uh, the zombie one, and uh-huh. it, it's clear that at least in the one instance, it it was having trouble differentiating between the word zombie and boy. <laughs> and, and so I, I was just this. I was having a very cyclical con- conversation with some woman whose child was either in the other room, being she, zombified or a like, boy. Like, is it a zombie or is it a boy? This is Schrodinger's boy. Like, and, and I couldn't figure out how to open the fucking door. Like, it, it's, like, in a super, it's, it's, it's in the superposition of states. Between of zombie being. and boy. Yeah. So, which, which is a, a, that's not a, that's not a, uh, that's not a logical fallacy or any kind of um, paradox. No. That they are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> They're not. So at least in this one instance of, of the, 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 the game, I decide, well, let's see how it just handles with me making outrageous claims. Like, can I just will things into existence? Or will the game try to, like, do something to justify that? Or does it just say no? So zombie or boys in the room, I decide, fuck that, fuck that lady. This isn't a supermarket. So I say, um, and there's zombies outside, I say, I get in my Iron Man suit. Okay, and, and I just want just to see what it does, and then the game says I start to dismantle ve- the vending machine and begin building. Like so, by me just <laughs> stating that I have one, it said, "Well, you can't just have it, but we will will yes and this, and you'll start to build an Iron Man suit out of vending machine parts." Tony Stark made it in a cave. It's ton- Tony Stork. <laughs> It reveals your character's actual name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that was interesting how it, how it handled that. And uh, and then I uh, got bored and uh, started a garden. Like a real garden or in the game? No, like a real one. I have squash now. Oh, okay, okay. <sighs> I got to do some trimming of my garden thingy. I don't really keep a garden. Lissa didn't plant one this year. Um, mainly <laughs> you just steal vegetables from your neighbors. Yeah. Well, no. Usually, usually we we do like a uh, flower garden type oh, okay. thing. Because like remember a couple years back, because um, we don't do in person 
D and D for obvious reasons. Um, uh, the um, the, the the she had like a like Elysiums and a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She, we just haven't done it this year. Um, oh, nice. Mainly because, mainly because uh, buying plants can be difficult. Yeah, well, it's it's more the stores well, that sell you the plants. Yes, it was difficult to acquire plants this year. Yeah. Um, during the season that it would have been best to plant the plants. Yeah, to be fair, I did not acquire my own plants when I knew someone was at a plant-selling store. I said, hey, can you grab me some? Some Because uh... I was like, I, I'm not going there. I mean, that's, that's honestly, uh, grouping trips is probably a better way of handling it than not. Yeah. <laughs> like... And uh, oh, we also got a pool now. Not like you a, have a pool, not like, like a, a full pool, but like a uh, like an adult inflatable kiddie pool where you just like press the button. It's bigger than I thought. It's um, how it's deep? A, it's it's um, it could get three feet deep, I think. But if I put it on a level spot, mm-hmm. not a like kind of a little bit, I have to move, adjust its position spot, and it's about yeah one. And a third Brandon's long and one Brandon wide. <laughs> All right. So that's about. So I, I can just full on float about, in it. It's about six by nine, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting this into perspective for people who uh, don't know your height. <laughs> <laughs> It's big enough for like several it's people to just cubits. float around and uh, drink in it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a, a furlong and three uh, hamster testicles. <laughs> oh, that's such an arbitrary number because I have seen hamsters with every size of testicle. That, oh, and that's why the uh, you're not allowed in Petco anymore. Um, but interestingly, that's actually a really good segue into this episode. Oh, nice. Um, first, I want to say sorry for missing last time. Uh, shit happened, and I was trying to do something special. Uh, but I had a panic attack about doing that special thing because I felt like I couldn't do it right. So uh, it didn't happen. Um, that's the reason why Brandon and I talked about the potential idea that I was going to do. I'm not going to talk about it because it still might happen, question mark. Um but uh, our schedule is conflicted, and we're back on track now, though. Yep. So that's that's all you need to know. Um, but anywho, uh, this is Cryptopedia. We talk about stuff, uh, mostly mostly cryptids. Well, cryptids is the through line, I should say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Th- thus far, it's been um, almost exclusively cryptids. Yes. Um, well, cryptids and paranormal like events. Paranormal and like folklore. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm John. I'm Brandon. And uh, this week's subject uh, was first cited in 600 to 759 uh, CE. So 600 CE, 759. Okay. That's when it was first recorded in writing. That's um, old. But it's possibly older um i couldn't find any proof of it being older than that point 
uh, but some people said that it might be older than that. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like I, I'm going to acknowledge that some people might believe that it's older, but I don't have proof that it's older. Um, for my research. Yeah. So I, I'm not cheating. I just don't know what happened in the year 600. So I just googled 600, like to see what happened, yeah. uh, and that just didn't help. Um, oh, oh, it's not going to help you at all. Well, the, the, the next two bits are going to help you more. Uh, it says something about the Cambodian Kingdom of Funan, which I don't have context for. Um, it was a leap year starting on Friday, so I know that. Thank you, Wikipedia. Well, it technically wasn't a leap year because the uh, it, it, if uh, it's not a leap year if you're not using the Greco-Roman calendar. Yeah. Rome so. is part of the Byzantine Empire still. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not it's actually it 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 would be a leap year by our standards, but I don't yeah. think it's technically a leap year. Um, anywho, let me continue giving you the uh, what it could possibly be. Sure. Um, it so that puts it so the thing that looking it up, the thing that would have been more useful for you would be to know that it was in the Nara period. I don't know who who is Nara. Oh, okay. So I would have known that, but I guess that's because I'm. I'm what I am. Um, the taxonomy is Canada, and its region is Japan. Okay, so Canada is that? Um, what? 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 That uh, is a what? It's the um, family, I want to say, or is it the genus? Uh, family. It's the family of dogs, foxes, dogs. Okay. all that stuff. Um, so, so it's it's the Japanese super group dog. Yep. Here's the thing. I know it's a Japanese dog, and we talked about um, hamster testicles, and you said, mm -hmm. perfect segue. Yep. So, this is Japan. Yep. This is a you cryptid. Should... This is a canine. This is a dog that eats testicles. Brandon, this is... You should get this one. This is like... This is a dog that eats uh, testicles. This is one of my favorite creatures of t folklore. Or, or is it a right? So, so when um, I'll give you one with, hint. with like the aswang and stuff like that. When it, when they steal penises, that's really like it, that. That means erectile dysfunction. So, is this some kind of like Japanese dog <sighs> monster that's really? It doesn't literally eat testicles, but it's when people like have ED, they say like, oh, the um. The 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 narrow dog stole my testicles. Okay, I'm gonna give you two more hints. Okay. One, it has nothing to do with sexuality whatsoever. It is not a sexual being in any way, shape, or form. Um two, it was featured in a studio Ghibli movie. It okay, so let me be that guy and be like, I've only seen Totoro. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? I've only seen to Totoro. You really have only... Okay, you've definitely got to at least... There's more that I want. What's the one with no face? I want to watch the one with no face. Uh, that's Spirited Away. Yeah, you I need to watch this one. I have... I literally have the Blu-ray for this one right next to me. Princess Mononoke? Princess Mononoke, and it's my favorite, personally. Um, um, it's not... This is not... This is not the... There's a wolf in this one, but this is not the movie that's, okay. that uh, it's related so, so to. So, because it's... All right, hamster testicles, dog, non-sexual. The monster is a dog with no testicles. 
Brandon, this week's episode is a tanuki. Oh, like tanuki suit uh, Mario. Yeah, we're, we'll get into that. But th- this week's episode is a tanuki. I always thought that just means I thought that just meant like raccoon. No, no, absolutely not. It's it's a totally different thing. Well, I thought tanuki suit was like raccoon suit Mario. Okay, so we'll get into that when we get to the the part where I'm talking about pop culture, because um, there is something. The, the tanuki suit is a thing. We'll, we'll talk about the tanuki suit. Don't worry. Is it like a sex thing? Mm-mm. Like I said, literally nothing about the tanuki is sexual whatsoever. But if the tanuki n- suit's a thing, it not furry. This is gonna go a little furry. Ah, uh, <laughs> gotcha. Um, so I'm gonna say that this week's episode is probably a cryptopedia first, or at least a me first. Okay. Um, in that the creature recovering is not, nor has it ever been considered a cryptid. Well, what we're talking. Is it a spirit? Well, no. It's it's kind of. Um, it's a yokai. Well, I'll get into oh, the definition yeah, 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 of that in yeah. a second. I'm down with we, yokai. We've talked about yokai before. Yokai uh, watch all the way, baby. Yeah, well, no. We'll talk about... I'll talk about that in a little more detail because I actually... Exp- I, I revisit what yokai is. So let's let us let that happen in the telling of the tale. Um, so I get it. Tail, like raccoon tail. Well, it's not a raccoon. Have you ever seen a tanuki in real life? You Actually, no, wait. I can guarantee you have never seen a tanuki in real life. I can actually guarantee that. Yeah, because they they're 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 not a, they're they're not they're non corporeal. No, they're they're a real animal. But I can guarantee you've never seen them in real life because the fact of the matter is they're very rarely uh, shown in zoos. Um, so let's let's just get into the the context. So the tanuki is in fact a real animal, also known as the Japanese raccoon dog. The species is endemic oh. to Japan and a subspecies of the Asian raccoon dog. Despite oh. visual similarities to raccoons, tanuki are without a doubt more closely related to dogs. In terms of scientific classification, it's in the family Canidae and exists as the only species of the G- genus Nycterudes. I'll buy it. Ship it. Yeah. You did it. And nice, nice terudes have testicles. They do. No. Um, they are predominantly nocturnal, and both their vocalizations and intimidation par- postures, arcing their back, resemble cats. So they're like a kind of cat-like dog in that regard. Cat dog um, raccoon. They have been known to be seen during the day, so it's not like... They're not like a raccoon, where if you see a raccoon during the day, it's like, kill that thing. Yeah. Um, it's more like, it's sometimes it's just awake during the day. It's, it's mm. fine. Um, They are omnivorous, they climb trees, and mate for life. The Tanuki's primary predator is wolves in its natural habitat, although in Japan, it appears that a new nemesis is the car, (laughs) with conservative (laughs) estimates placing their death toll near 370,000 per year. (laughs) Uh, I'm just picturing a a car like slowly rolling through the woods looking for tanuki (laughs) (laughs) it's on the prowl Um, i mean like for what it's worth uh japan is not exactly a a nation with car culture either um true yeah so like like u.s we would say is a car culture nation right um 
because everyone, especially in the area we live, you need a car to survive. Japan, less so. It, it's more. Um, it, it's actually really expensive to drive a car in Japan. Um, believe it or not, uh, there's like a lot of there's a lot of taxes and stuff because they're like literally constantly repaving the roads. Um, but that's a whole other thing, and I don't have any research on that to prove that. I've just seen some stuff on it in the past. Um, but for three hundred. And 70,000 Tanookis to be killed a year. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's massacre. That's a number. That's a number, because that's a 1,000 dead Tanooki a day, basically. Yeah, that's something where, where if someone hasn't, someone is going to find some way to capitalize on Tanooki corpses. Well, we're going to get into that, actually. <laughs> Are we? Yeah. Oh, uh, fantastic. Well, not specific to the Tanooki, raccoon dogs are... As a species, considered to be invasive and nuisances, and generally they're legal to kill for agricultural purposes. Least concerns because they're they're like they breed like crazy. Apparently, are they delicious? Um, I don't know if they're delicious. I know that they ended up in European nations as well because okay. that's just how the, this this stuff goes. Is like because it's beginning um, to sound a little bit like um, rabbit almost, or like duck. We're like. They're, you can just hunt and eat them. I don't know if people eat them so much. They might I do be know, however. I mean, they're cute, and cute things have a higher taste factor. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so, <laughs> I do know, however, that their fur is used quite a bit. Ah, okay. So... Impressively, the raccoon dog has been at the center of several scandals in which their fur was misrepresented as artificial fur. Wait, so it's real fake? Like it, it's there? It's being sold as fake, but it's real? Yes. There, I found on the Wikipedia page at least four, five, four instances in which this happened. Okay. Uh, in 2006, label Sean John had unknowingly been using raccoon dog fur as faux fur. <laughs> Fantastic. In 2008, the Humane Society of the United States filed an FTC false advertising complaint that 20 retailers have been mislabeling raccoon dog fur as faux or even other animals, including coyote. Which is, <laughs> what? <laughs> who oh. wants coyote fur? Probably someone who, in California who's mad at coyotes. Uh, probably all them roadrunners. Yeah, Dan. I bet Dan Harmon would. A coyote attacked his dog. Oh, uh, he probably would. He he'd be down for that coyote fur. Like he'd jacket. probably be mad if he found out it was a raccoon dog, though. Yeah. Um. In 2013, Neiman Marcus, Doctor J's, and Eminent had rep misrepresented raccoon dog fur as faux. And then in 2014, uh, the Humane Society of the United States once again announced that Kohl's was selling raccoon dog fur as faux fur. What? Yeah, so apparently apparently their fur is uh they're 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 used because they're such a nuisance species. Like someone really did capitalize on just Tanuki bot like corpses and it's to yes. sell them as fake Yes. Someone has oh. literally it's not specifically tanookis but raccoon dogs in general i mean um, is it possible that um like another name for the tanooki in japan is faux so they really are selling 
faux fur, but it's being misunderstood. Well, this is probably in in China that this is happening. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm most gonna of these discover a new animal and call it the faux in it faux. And Good it's luck. Really confused some people. Good luck finding a mammal and name it the foe. Naming it the foe. Yeah, it's the bipedal cat with human teeth. Uh, anywho, this is not the focus of the episode. Um, as some of you may already know, the Tanuki is famous in Japanese folklore for its representation as a shapeshifter alongside foxes and badgers. And at least foxes are going to get their own episodes. Don't, don't don't worry about that. That that's been on my docket for a long time. I have a book that I've been trying to read, but I think the guy might have a thing for Kitsune. So it's a little hard to read. <laughs> um, he gets a little too descriptive for no reason. He also refers to the Kitsune as her a lot, um, uh, which is which is fair because um, what is it, uh, Lady Dogweed or whatever the mo- like the or, the originating point of the Tanuki, uh, not Tanuki, the Kitsune lore is is female, and there's like the whole thing that have exists in Korean folklore where the the um the kitsune are basically stealing lives so they can become human, which is what Ari's based a lot off of and all that kind of stuff. But um another episode, another episode. Definitely happening, but it's another episode. So in Japanese folklore, the Tanuki is frequently associated with a type of yokai known as the Bake Danuki. Which, based on my Googling, more or less means shape-shifting slash monstrous raccoon dog. Um, so, there's another yokai known, known as the Bakeneko, which is just monstrous neko. Not monstrous okay. cat. Yeah. Wow. Good good translation, John. Using yeah. the yeah. original I know you word might. in there. Mostly from yeah. uh, Nekobuso. Nekobuso? Yeah. <laughs> I still have that it's one in the display case where I replaced the Gundam body with the uh, the cat in a, a litter box. Oh, uh, for some reason, okay. I feel really dumb. So oh. I'm going to reveal something uh, that's horrifying to me. Yes. So when you said Nekobuso, yeah. my mind didn't jump to the amazing line of model kits, which involve a cat in a box with basically Gundam parts attached to it. My mind jumped to Nekopara. Oh, let me do a Google. Um, don't make, make sure that safe search is off. Yeah, I'll make sure I'm not on company VPN. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, do, do. Um, <laughs> so Nekopara is a dating sim uh, oh. in which you're dating Oh, they're all cat girls. Yeah, um, they're like literal cats, by the way. They're not just cat girls. They're literal cats that are humanoid. Um, oh. Yeah, their ages. There's a girl in a box. Yeah, uh, so their ages are actually reflective of cat ages. What's so that they're mean? not. That means that they're not like 20 or 18 oh they're like three. they're like they're like three and seven months so oh boy according to noisypixel.net mechopara series has sold over three million copies on steam alone yeah and that the, was the, as of april 14th of this year 
the main girl is nine months old. <laughs> she looks like a, she looks like an adult, kind of, but she's nine months old technically because she's a cat. Uh. Um. So yeah. Uh. And there are uh are eighteen scenes in those. Uh. Yeah. There's some there's some raunchy CGs from those games. Just as a heads up. Oh, I um, bet. Yeah, so if you're if you want some some quality eighteen plus adult only content involving nine month old cat girls that don't look like they're nine months, uh, there you go. I think one of them's a Maine Coon. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Wait, what does that say? I squirted Chocola in Vanilla's faces with Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much that's that's pretty much the, the series oh geez. um there's an anime of it too yeah oh there's some like really high quality uh figures um like like the like the fancy vinyl figures yeah i don't want to go down the dark rabbit holes of things i know about uh cast off figures and things like that because oh. th th that's going to be a whole episode and um i don't think anyone wants to hear about the horrifying world of pvc anime figures oh yeah yeah i'm let's just say there's a term that's used and that term is hot glue anywho uh, since it's been a while since we covered a yokai, episode 9 was the last time with Kappa. Um, as a refresher, a yokai is more or less a catch-all term for Japanese monsters, spirits, and demons. It should be noted, however, Western ghosts would not be considered yokai. Um, rather, they would be considered something more along the lines of a yurei. Uh, and for the sake of simplicity, for the remainder of the episode, we're going to be re referring to the tanuki... Uh, we're going to be using Tanuki to refer to the folkloric entity, not the literal raccoon dog. Um, and not the Bake, the Bake Tanuki, because Bake Tanuki is going to screw me up and I'm going to say something stupid. <laughs> um, but Tanuki I can say very easily because I've been saying it for probably 20 years now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in folklore, the Tanuki is often regarded as a buffoon or a clown uh, with a penchant for music and competition. That being said, they are adept shapeshifters, and through the use of their huge scrotum, more on that uh, later, uh, which, well, that, that they use that for their transformation, typically. For, um, for their shapeshifting. I also use my yeah. scrotum for my shapeshifting. I do, too. <laughs> um, and... That being said, they're capable of near unspeakable cruelty, which we'll get into in one of the examples. Nice. Uh, Wikipedia asserts that the Tanuki was deified prior to the arrival of Buddhism. However, I couldn't find any concrete evidence support support this fact, and Shinto deification is a lot different than uh, the way that we look at deification. So just keep that in mind. Um, something becoming a local god is different to the Shinto mythos and the Shinto uh, dogma. Um, it's more nature worship, more spiritual worship. Uh, Kami imbues things. It's, mm -hmm. it's it's more complicated, and it's a whole episode. 
not on this podcast because <laughs> <laughs> this that would be a religion podcast and that's not what we are um really actually it's really actually a fascinating religion and it's kind of cool because it's a um polytheistic religion obviously um so it naturally integrated buddhism and christianity like seamlessly and it has no no problems integrating both of those together with its existing religion it's 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 fascinating to me how polytheistic religions are more um malleable by nature like hinduism and things along those lines there there it's 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 really cool that's that's all i'm gonna say um total aside <laughs> in Tanuki lore, there are three particular there are three in particular that stand out: Danzaburo Tanuki, Shibiman Tanuki, and Yashima no Hage Tanuki. Are Sometimes, these three specific Tanuki or three types of Tanuki? They are three specific Tanuki. Okay. The Tanuki is a catch-all term. All the Tanuki basically Tanuki is a thing. There's not like there's not like classifications of Tanuki. They are all Tanuki. They're all bake danuki. It's okay. a, it's they're they're a spirit that um, has the ability to shapeshift, generally jovial, a uh, little mischievous, and there's other qualities which we'll get into when we tell the stories of the individual, like famous tanuki. Um, but they're the three famous tanuki of Japan. Okay. Um, so they're the ones that like have, they're they're the ones that are like local. They're deified in local shrines for what? Okay. What? Like, 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 it's, they're, yeah. yeah. Um, as far as I can tell, the three stories that we're about to talk about, uh, three characters we're about to talk about, they originate from the Edo period of Japan, um, which is, for those of you who don't know, is a period of isolation in Japan. Um, I think the Dutch were the only people who were allowed to communicate with the Japanese during this time period. Um, it's pre-Meji Restoration, pre-World uh, War II. So this is like, I want to say like, I, I, if my memory is I'm I'm about to say something without looking it up. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Edo period is from 1603 to 1868. So it's like a, it's like a roughly 300-year period of Japanese history. Um, a lot of like the classical Japanese artwork that you know or you've seen, like the woodblock printings, comes from this period. Um, just to kind of give you an idea. Um, so uh, let's start with Danzaburo Tanuki. Now, Danzaburo was the leader of the Tanuki on Sado Island, known for his munificence and trickster ways. In most of his stories, Danzaburo is a trickster. Many of the most infamous pranks played by Tanuki have been attributed to him, disguising leaves as gold to sell for real money. This is why Animal Crossing items are leaves, by the uh, way. Uh, using mirages to fool pedestrians and block pedestrians with illusory walls. So basically they're using their shape-shifting and abilities to create illusions to mess with people. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a very common trend in Tanookis. Also, um, there's one story about them like banging on their stomachs and it's like Pompoko Pompoko is the way that they yeah. describe it. So it's like the onomatopoeia. Um, I don't know if I, I touch on that in here. I forget because I wrote this like two weeks ago. Uh, but whatever. 
Um, so that being said, Danzaburo was a fairly generous Tanuki with his money. Uh, he ran what could be effectively considered to be a bank out of his den. Uh, humans who wished to borrow money from him would leave a note outside his den with an amount and a date of repayment. If Danzaburo approved the loan, the money would be waiting the next day. Danzaburo never charged interest on the loans. To the Tanuki, fairness and honesty were qualities that were essential. In contrast to their trickster ways, so there's like kind of a dichotomy that exists in the Tanuki. It's like a uh, give and take because yeah. they're they're tricksters, but they really believe in honor and they believe in like if you say something, you hold you hold up your end of the bargain, basically. So what happens if you are approved for the loan, take the money, but don't pay it back? We'll get into that. Ah, okay. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I hope it's fucked up. It's less fucked up than you think. Oh. Um. Basically, if uh, actually we won't get into that because for whatever reason I didn't write it down. Um. So basically, what would happen is if you don't pay them back, the Tanuki would not lend you loans anymore. Oh. And it would stop lending loans to people. Like, if the Tanuki gets burned too many times, he'll he'll cool on lending loans. I was hoping that there'd be a bit more draw and quartering. Uh, no, the Tanuki, there's only a couple of stories in which Tanuki are violent. And the stories in which they're violent, they're incredibly violent. Nice. But for the for the most part, they're they're more just trickster okay. spirits than anything else. Um, it is said that Danzaburo would take money from humans. However, he would always leave a promissory note with the victim's name and repayment date, to which... The victim uh, would always get their money returned, so they always oh, okay. got the money back on that date. If Danzaburo took money from you, you always got that money back. Um, that being said, he did do some unscrupulous things, like selling leaves as gold to get money to build up his funds. So the the money wasn't exactly clean. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. He's an OG like, money launderer. Er, yeah, yeah, he's literally la- laundering money. Uh, He's laundering leaves, typically. Yes. Um, but hey, you don't know. Those might be some yummy leaves. They might be delicious. They might be so delicious. So what would happen? Like, would you just go to bed, and the next day you wake up, and that gold bar is just a leaf on your it, TV stand? Um, It's it's kind of like... Uh, there, there's, there's, like, other stories like this in Western mythology where, like you get paid in gold and it, it turns into stones or something like that. Oh, like, I, think, I heard about like straw. Yeah. Yeah. So like Rumpel Stiltskin yeah. type thing. Okay. Oh, that's different. That's different. He's that was spinning straw into gold. R- regardless. Um, the idea is you'd have the gold and then at some point afterwards it would turn into leaves. Cause okay. you've been tricked. You've been had. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a fairly common trickster mythology in cultures that have, um, monetary systems. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's just basically it's a metaphor for um. <coughs> it's a metaphor for getting screwed over on a deal. Mm-hmm. That's really all it is. It's 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 a, a bad batch of apples or you know uh, something along those lines. So, in one story, uh, Danzaburo seeks medical attention from a human in the f- in human form from a local doctor. The doctor treated the Tanuki and upon learning his name refused payment in the form of a plate of money. The doctor's refusal was due to the fact that he wanted money earned in a good and honest way. 
In pursuit of fairness, as Danzaburo had been healed by the doctor, he returned with a sword to give the doctor, which the doctor accepted. Really not sure what the moral of that story is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the moral is more on the doctor. I don't think he learned anything from Danzaburo. Uh, yeah, so... Because here's the thing. The sword is still probably purchased through illicit means. So... Yeah, I I don't know. Um, there was in a in the book that I read for this, there was talking. They were talking about like um, so that might have been to like extol the virtues of traditional medicine versus non traditional medicine because the doctor was a traditional practitioner of Japanese medicine. Um, and then in another story, someone who's practicing Western medicine basically gets screwed by the tanuki and all that kind of stuff. Um. I, I didn't bother putting it in here because it wasn't really. That's more of a commentary. That's more of a story that's storytelling that's commentary on their society and the trends of the Edo period. Um, and I didn't really want to go into a whole lot of detail about the Edo period because that's like honestly just talking about how stories and mythology represent different periods of time. You can pretty much do a podcast series on that. Um, <laughs> Like, this is more of an overview of what the Tanuki is. And uh, I think that would have gone way, way overboard and way, way into the deep end. Um, that being said, Danzaburo is also credited with the prevention of Kitsune on Sato Island. Uh, I could find two tellings of this particular tale, both of which involved the Tanuki tricking a Kitsune into getting killed. <laughs> in one instance, Danzaburo convinces the, the Kitsune to turn into a hat so Danzaburo could smuggle it to Sato Island. Halfway through the journey, Danzaburo murders the Kitsune in cold blood oh, and throws fantastic. it into the sea. Uh, as such, the Kitsune were scared off from traveling to Sato. In the second telling, Danzaburo tricks Kitsune into thinking that he can turn into the Diamo's procession. This gets the Kitsune killed when the actual procession shows up and they reveal themselves to the humans. <laughs> Interestingly, uh, the latter of these tales match closely with another tale between a nameless Tanuki and Kitsune. However, the roles are reversed. So, um, for those of you who don't know, the Diamo's procession is basically a bunch of nobility um, in the Edo period. So, effectively, what happened was Dansborough's like, oh, Let's uh let's have a contest in which we we prove our shape shifting abilities, and um, the Kitsune does one thing, and then Danzaburo says, "I'll turn into the da the Diamo's procession." But he knew that the the Diamo's procession, the group of feudal lords, were coming, so he said he'll turn into them, and then instead the real thing comes by and kills him. Um, keep that in mind because that becomes. <laughs> A recurring theme in Tanuki stories. <laughs> that particular tale. Um, that being said, uh, due to his reported munificence and possibly his eradication of Kitsune from the island, because um, generally Kitsune are more malicious in their stories, uh, it's said that Danzaburo was deified as a guardian spirit on Aikawa, Aikawa, uh, in Aikawa on Sado Island. Okay. For, for now, protecting the island. Yeah, basically. He, he, gotcha. He, um, he, he, he was deified because he was like, a, you know, peasants 
got money from him and he protected the islanders and it's, it's one of those things also generally uh they like to um the the it, typically beneficent benevolent spirits in um and actually malevolent spirits get deified frequently um either through appease and basically you're appeasing them in both cases in one case to continue to be benevolent in the other case to not be malevolent um, oh, okay i i think i don't know i didn't look into that don't quote me on that that might be wrong look it up yourself uh, <laughs> this is about tanookis that's our next shirt don't quote me on that john don't quote me on that it's a quote of you saying don't quote me <laughs> yes that's our third shirt I don't remember what the second one was, but the first one's Jeff. Uh, so, Danzaburo was tricked by a peasant in a bizarre story that led to him never tricking humans again. And I'm mentioning this. You'll find out why. So, I'm going to just quote this directly from a source that I got. Uh, the source was... Uh, this is, this is I think, pulled from the Wikipedia page, this telling of it. Um, so, Danzaburo found a young peasant... And to trick him, he disguised himself as a young woman and pretended to be in a poor state of health. The young peasant called out, and Danzaburo replied, I can't move because of my stomach ache. The peasant thus took responsibility for sending the woman. But he somehow had a hunch that it was Danzaburo and tied the woman up with rope. Why? The answered, That's not how you treat a sick lady. The peasant answered to the startled Danzaburo, it's so you won't slide off. Danzaburo, feeling a sense of danger, desperately pleaded, let me off. The peasant asked, even though you're in bad health, why do you want to get off? And did not let Danzaburo off. And Danzaburo replied, I want to go pee. But the peasant laughed, if a beautiful girl like you will pee, I want to see it. Do it on my back. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's not how you treat a sick lady. Well, uh, not even that. Uh, that's not how you treat a lady. Well, in general, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, some people like to I, be tied up and, and pee. I mean, that's that's. I, I don't. Yeah, uh, but but this in this case, it's the guy liking to tie her up and have her pee on him. It's it's. What I'm saying is weird stuff was in Japanese folklore. Um, but the story continues. Uh, he did not let Dansborough off at all. Before long, they arrived at what was the peasant's house. Dansborough said, isn't this my home? And the peasant said, Dansborough, I know who you actually are, and harshly chastised the earnestly apologizing Dansborough. Ever since, Dansborough did not try fooling humans again. So basically, yeah. I don't know what the moral of this story is. It seems like a funny tale. Yeah. Um, that, that's really re what it is. It was probably like a joke tale about him and about why he doesn't trick people anymore. But um, I should say this. Uh, some believe that Danzaburo was actually a human merchant who cared for and preserved Tanuki on Sado Island. He was well-respected by the people, and through the course of folklore, he himself became a Tanuki. The source of this is Japanese and from 1981, so I have no clue how accurate this is. I'm relying on someone's translation. Yeah, that's still kind of cool, though, like, no, if, I, if I that have, last part's true. I honestly had the feeling that that's probably the case, because this is, this is basic, it's basically the same thing that happens in American folklore, right? Yeah. Where um, an individual is 
raised up to a hero status mm-hmm. like uh davy crockett for example yeah like he's raised up to be a hero but he probably was kind of an asshole yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure it, he was a white guy in the west he fought at the alamo if you fight at the alamo you're probably uh, yeah you're, you're on the wrong side if you're fighting at the alamo <sighs> i feel like that's going to be a controversial opinion i don't think it is though <laughs> is it yeah Oh, because they definitely, they definitely stole. It, it, it was, it was, they were stealing. They're stealing I'm territory. Only that might be, I'm only saying that might be a controversial opinion because we have Texas listeners. Oh. And I don't know how they feel about the Alamo. Everybody knows that, like, th- this whole, like, what, we can't talk about anything French now because we, you know, we stole the whole, like, that one territory from, oh, no, because then the French took it from the Native Americans. We did all the shit we we you know took. What? It's all all, Here, all been here's speaked. the fact of the matter. Every America exists as a parasite. Yeah, <laughs> America itself is a parasite on the land that it lives. Um, and I don't think that's a con- I don't think that uh, that might be a controversial opinion, but it's fact. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anywho, so moving on. To Shibamon Tanuki. Um, Shibamon Tanuki was said to hail from Iowa Island, drumming his boon, his belly on moonlit nights and doing mostly harmless pl- pranks. Leaves into gold, you know, standard oh, nice. shtick. Um, he was well regarded by the people on the island for his kindness, and he guided lost villagers down the mountain when they were drunk. <laughs> How do you, it's hard to climb a mountain. Did it's. It, there was a bar on top of a mountain is, is what that tells me because I don't drink and then decide I want to exercise. <laughs> so somewhere there's I, a mountain with a bar on top. I think it was more of like there was a road in the mountain and they took a wrong turn type thing. Okay. Like, like it's it, Japan is a very mountainous region. Um, for because it's it's basically uh, if my memory's correct it's volcanic, is it a volcanic island? I don't remember. Uh, it might not be. Well, whatever. There's there's a lot of long story short. There's a lot of mountains in Japan, um, so you're not going to be able to go uh, most places in the countryside without encountering a mountain. My guess is people were drunk. They stumbled off the path, and this tanuki apparently saved them. Okay. In the folklore. Um, as such, the Tanuki was well-liked by the locals, and if he helped you, it was customary to provide an offering of a one-show sake bottle. I like how this guy barters. Yeah, he gets he gets yeah. the booze. I mean, you were drunk, he helped you, let him get drunk. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, never mind. Uh, so, Shibuman and his wife, Omasu... Which, can I just point out that in folklore, Japanese folklore, a wife is named, but when I do cryptid stories, it's like pulling teeth to find the the wife's name. Oh, yeah. Even if they're like a central character in the story, mm-hmm. like, it, it, it's it's ridiculous, but whatever. Uh, Shibuman and his wife, Omasu, had gone to see a play, Nazaka, not- Nakaza. Nakaza in Naniwa, now Osaka, uh, disguised as humans. 
After sightseeing, the two had a contest to disguise disguises. The contest? To pre- pretend to be members of the Diamo's procession. <laughs> <laughs> Predictably, when it's Shibamon's turn to shapeshift, actual lords show up, and when Omasu reveals herself, they cut her down. Despondent, Shibamon was going to leave the city, but decided to at least see the play in memory of his wife. Turning leaves into gold, he entered the play. However... The presence of leaves in the in the like donation box tipped the theater staff off to the fact that there was a tanuki in the theater. When entering theater, a guard dog a guard dog broke his disguise concentration ah. and he was chased down and killed because they had set up a, a guard dog because they didn't what? want tanuki in the theater. If if, if 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 he's your guy that. Let's all your drunks get home safe. Then why is it just like murder hit? Like why do they just go straight to the murders? Well, that's on Iowa Island, not oh. Naniwa. So they're they're two different it's two different locations. So he traveled to Osaka for this. Okay. Um, and he's not. It's not his native city. Yeah. So people don't know him mm. basically. Uh, but whatever. So. A rumor passed to his home island, and the people were upset that their local Tanuki had been killed. His belly drum was not heard on a moon a moonlit night. That was basically how they knew it was him. They, they'd hear him just, like, sla- slapping the belly. Literally, yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're, like, uh, they're jovial creatures yeah. in the folklore. Uh, the number of guests to the theater declined until the theater deified him through the Shibamon Shrine. So basically what happened was the populace said... That has the Tanuki's curse because you murdered a Tanuki, which that's a thing. Uh, also, Tanuki possession is a thing as well. I don't go into a whole lot because it's not really. Wait, that a Tanuki can become possessed or that they possess people? If a Tanuki has been killed, they can possess someone. So, like as a vengeful spirit. Okay, so let's. You said that. Let's go back to that. What was it? Um, 370,000. A year? <laughs> That's a well, lot no, of no, vengeful no, no. spirits. Well, no. Not every Tanuki is a Baka Tanuki. Ah, uh, okay. So, so only Baka Tanuki are the... the oh, gotcha. Well, Baka Tanuki. Because Baka Tanuki is a stupid Tanuki. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. praying at a shrine then became a common practice for actors as time went on. And, like... Um, they've like reset up the shrine several times and it's still like a tradition to kind of pray at the shrine for actors. Um, cause he's like a, he's like, basically he's like the, pa- he's like a patron saint of, of acting. acting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in Japan, the acting tradition comes from, uh, Kabuki theater and all that. I don't, I know approximate information about a lot of stuff, <laughs> especially involving Japan because high school was a rough time for John. Um, so of the three famous Tanukis, the resources I could find for Yashima no Hage Tanuki were the sparsest. It appears that his primary claim to fame was that he was a protector of the Taira clan and later the protector deity of Yashima-ji, which is pictured above in the show notes. Um, His talent for disguise was regarded as the best of all the Tanuki. Some legends say he is still alive and known for his good deeds to this day. 
However, there in some legends, he was killed by a hunter or Shibamon Tanuki, our <laughs> previous friend. Ironically, in the latter case, Shibamon kills Yashima through a challenge of disguise that in which... It's very... I mean, I, I, they, they need to have... They, there has to be another way they can have fun with each other than just disguise <laughs> competitions, which, by the way, maybe it's disguise other people competitions, which really looks like them stretching their testicles over people. <laughs> well, um, I actually have a hypothesis on why okay. why that is a common thread in all these stories, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, so Yashima Nohage Tanuki took on the appearance of a whole navy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big scrote. Yeah. Well, Shibamon, which I looks like I misspelt. Shiba woman is what it tries to trans uh, tries to autocorrect it to. Um, tells him that he will become, you guessed it, the Diamo's procession. <laughs> so I'm beginning to think that these stories were told to teach people not to mess with Diamo and yeah, the lords it may because very well be that. <laughs> Because it sounds an awful lot like uh, don't don't fuck with them <laughs> because yeah. you're going to get killed. Yeah, it, it, they kill even these spirits. So maybe don't, maybe don't. Um, there was actually uh, so I don't remember the term, but long time ago, one of my friends told me about this this uh, thing that existed in feudal Japan. Um, so when a samurai bought a sword, um, there would be a practice of like killing a random passerby peasant to test the sharpness of the sword. I don't remember what the name of it was, but that kind of goes to show you just how, uh, powerful the higher classes in Japan were during the feudal period. I mean, that being said, uh, same case in European countries as well, but know it's just different so um back to that if i was a peasant in that time i would just kind of sort of give those stores a wide berth oh yeah no 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 you um well being a peasant in any time period is nightmarish yeah like i mean look at look at america right now yeah true <laughs> um it, it's Man, this is this. I'm I'm not gonna go down this rabbit hole, but <laughs> in any but so the funniest thing to me about that is um, Shimon Tanuki, uh, his wife died from literally the same thing. Yeah. Later, because because this story happens before his wife is killed. If you're following oh, the logical procession, yes. yeah. So, despite knowing that his friend rival whatever is murdered in this case he's still like he's still doing this thing with his wife and it's like dude i i guess this is just the fact that they're like you know kind of stupid like that's that's kind of maybe that's the 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 moral of the story is tanuki are still kind of stupid maybe maybe um, uh but, maybe i said the thing wrong uh right then I don't know what you just said. The uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the was it the the Bako uh, Tanuki or whatever? Oh, Baka Tanuki. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. 
Um, in any case, this particular Tanuki appears in Palm Poco, a Ghibli movie about a group of Tanuki in the 1960s dealing with the expansion of cities, featuring Brian Posehn in the dub. I love Brian Posehn. He was my uh, desktop background for a very long time. Just creepily really? looking into it. Like, it was a picture of him looking creepily looking in through a window. So it was just his face, like, creepily staring in. Yeah, that sounds like a desktop background you'd have. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, that's not all about Tanuki, though. It should be noted that while the three famous Tanuki as, are regarded as generally benevolent, prior to the Edo period, Tanuki were frequently more vicious. And what I'm about to tell you is single-handedly my favorite Tanuki story out of them all. I'm excited. Squish it on me. Um, that, that, uh, so in one such story, yes, in 1716, Mm -hmm. a witch was said to be haunting an old oak tree in a neighborhood in Kyoto, which for those of you who don't know, Kyoto is the previous capital of Japan. Uh, at the time of the, in the Edo period, it was the capital of Japan. Um, it is said that the witch would leap out from behind the tree and hurl a baby at a passerby. I like the way this lady rolls. So yeah, let's just start by pointing out the fact that this woman is throwing babies. Where is she just, she just has a bucket of babies. I'm assuming it's like the crazy cat lady from the Simpsons. But babies. But babies. Um, so several samurai attempted to put a stop to the menace however when they attempted to cut the baby (laughs) John they're fruit ninja-ing a baby John they're fruit ninja-ing a baby (laughs) they're attempting to cut babies in midair they are attempting to fruit ninja babies you're correct which uh, that's one of the reasons why I brought up the whole crossroads crossing because that makes this make more sense in context yeah um, it would turn into a stone, ruining the samurai sword in the process. Because for those of you who don't know, uh, katana are not made for uh, cutting. They're made for slashing. Um, and if they're trying to cut into a stone with any sword, it's usually going to be a bad time. It's a stone baby. So the witch would then laugh and disappear. After that point, like, oh, like, I'm sorry, but I'm on the you. witch's side at this point. I'm kind of on the witch's side too. Um, I'm on the witch's side throughout this whole story, to be totally honest with you. Um, <laughs> one samurai realized he can just dodge the baby and attack the witch directly. If you can dodge a baby, you can dodge a ball. That's yeah. what I always say. It, he, he was the first. Uh, he was the first dodgeball. He was the first one to ever be like. But what if I moved? Basically. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> um, which you would think th- this would be like the first thing that happens in the story, not like the last. Um, although I guess by definition, it's like when you look for your keys, do you find them in the last place you're looking for them? You will only ever find something in the last place you were looking for it. I have looked for stuff after founding stuff, I will say. <laughs> There's... You, it's I've 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 found something before I started to look for it. So, I got a story. Yes. Um, you know I have a large collection of action figures. 
I'm aware of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, it's kind of like my main hobby, um, outside of like some other things, like playing games and. You, you have less of um, a collection and more of a museum. I, that's slightly fair, um, <laughs> especially considering the fact that I have like archival quality bags to store things in. Um, so when I moved to my house. Um, I, as a young child, yes. I had an Alpha 5 figure. Um, I had it in my collection and I deliberately hunted it down at one point because I love Alpha 5 because he's such a great character. Um, and I had placed it somewhere so I wouldn't forget it. Oh, that happens to me. You put it somewhere different intentionally to not forget where it is and then by the very nature of you moving it from the spot it usually is you just made your i do that frequently yeah so what i had done is i had placed it on my transformer shelf close to my computer so i could see it however i had acquired more transformers in the intermin of me placing it there and uh me needing to move um, so I was looking for it because I wanted to make sure I knew where it was. And I had like a panic attack because for days I couldn't find it. It was only until I had put that section of Transformers away in preparation for moving that I found it. And I'm like, wow, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with an, a samurai cutting a baby, but everything to do with the samurai who succeeded being the last one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the samurai realized he could dodge the baby and attack the witch directly, which resulted in both the witch and the baby disappearing. When daylight came, the samurai found a trail of blood leading to a dead Tanuki. Problem oh. solved. The samurai went about his life only to be met with an unfortunate end while retreating and tripping over a fence. Wait. He, and while we're, wait, wait, while wait, wait! How tall is this fence? Is it a giant samurai? I don't know. He was like, he was like, well, no, I think he was like climbing over the fence. He tripped and uh, he got cut down, basically. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it was said that the spirit of the Tanuki had possessed the fence, and none dared touch it after that. Uh, it's a haunted fence. That's the worst yeah. kind of fence. You know what? That actually makes it the single most effective fence. Oh no! It does. It's the perfect fence. It is. Honestly, haunt a haunted fence is what you want. Like, oh my god, I'm now imagining. I'm now imagining a business in which someone's like deliberately making wood haunted and then producing fences using <laughs> That's it. It's fantastic. Like, like, like placing wood in just places of human suffering and what have you. Like. There's a they 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 dry the wood in a morgue and the everyone's like why are you drying in the morgue? Got to get the ghosts in there. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in a prison. Got to get that negative energy sapped into that wood. They're not curing it for the sake of uh, not having it warp. They're curing it for the sake of uh, it's just uh, soaked having, in blood. Yeah, just blood soaked wood. Um, it's barn doors aren't they're haunted the, it's not red paint 
Yeah. Oh, no, that's how you keep the animals in. Yes. Animals can work doors. I mean, a horse can break through a barn door if it wants to. Oh, yeah. If it really, if a horse wants to, a horse can get out of any situation. Mm, can a horse Most get out situations. of being mugged? A horse get out of being mugged? Yeah. Um, I'd be impressed if you mugged a horse, because where are their pockets? That's true. How do they wear pants, Brandon? Back, back legs only. Back legs only. Back legs only. Not all. I mean, f- none, we're of going... the, none of this lower half of all four legs bullshit. <laughs> I want to put this final. This is my stance on how do quadrupeds wear pants. It's the hind legs only, you fucking heathen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going anthro on this one. Yeah. So. In another story, a tanuki kills a man's wife, dons a disguise of her, and prepares a stew with her body as the main ingredient. Holy shit. Oh, they don't fuck around. Oh, yeah, no. she. Uh, it's a Cartman situation. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, the tanuki then gives this meal to the husband while disguised, only revealing the nature of its disguise and the stew after the man had already consumed it. He did go full Cartman. You're not wrong. He he went full Cartman. Um, there are a lot of such stories, and for the interested, I highly recommend dipping into this well, as many of them are actually pretty phenomenal. Uh, but here's the thing, Brandon. There's something very important we have to talk about. What And what's that? The health of the Tanuki's testicles. The Wait, the health of the testicles? Just, just the testicles in general, the scrotum. There's, we got to talk about that scrot. Yes. So, I'm not gonna lie. I like your caption. I definitely, yeah. No, it's that's a that's a that's a that's a caption for our uh, our our Patreon supporters. I like that picture um, too. Is that what is that? I want that as a mug. Can can we make so some, that, Can we get some mugs well, of that? So that's a Tanuki statue. They're pretty common. Um, like. I think you can probably get some, get one at Mitsua. Really? I think I think so. That would be pretty fun. So it, it's a statue of a a Tonoki who who's a little overweight, has some sake, I imagine, in, in a gourd in one hand. But to stay on the uh, South think... Park thread, the balls are like when Stan leaves. He, does he microwave them? They, they he, he microwaves he, them. Yeah, he no, microwaves no, his, Stan's them. dad microwaves his his testicles to get uh, weed. Yeah. That's so it looks thing. like Stan's testicles from that episode. Stan's on a, dad. On a Tanuki um, that is in the same physical health as Cartman. It's the general image of the Tanuki. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I definitely buried the lead on the Tanuki in this episode. I mentioned it in passing a few times. They may be tricksters. They may be buffoons with the occasional heart of gold. But let's be real. That's not why we're here. We're, we're here, here for, for the scrotum. scrotum. That's what we're here for. And according to one source, Brandon, the scrotum of the Tanuki was said to be eight Tatami mats, which is 130 wow. square feet or 12 meters squared. Wow. That's impressive. Oh. Yes. I want to be reincarnated as a Tanuki. A Bake Tanuki. A Bake Tanuki. Yes. Um... It's said that the scrotum was the source of the p- Tanuki's power of disguise and linked to the Tanuki's good fortune. Because, Brandon, 
here's the thing. Yeah. Tanuki skin. Yeah. Like actual Tanuki skin was used to make gold leaf. Because you could you could use the gold leaf, the the, the Tanuki skin, because it was so tough to hammer the gold thinner. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. And a ball of gold at the time sounded similar to like the the word for it yeah. in Japan sounded similar to the Japanese slang for testicles. That's I love everything about this. These are the best facts ever. I Brandon, like this. That is why the tanuki has testicles that size. Because it was said that you could turn a ball of gold into eight tatami mats with tanuki skin. That's amazing. It's it's like a mimetic mutation of yeah. a word. It's wordplay. That's why the tanuki has huge testicles. That's pretty... Actually, that's, that's one very interesting and also amazing. Yes. Um. So, interestingly, as I said before, tanuki were never sexualized in their, ta- their tails, despite their impressive endowment. In fact, the penis was even normal-sized. And there's a sentence that I never thought I'd write <laughs> in my life. Listen, they, they they were never sexualized, but before we were recording, I made a bowl of um, uh, lazy lazy chili, which is when you just heat up a can of beans and just throw in fistfuls of ground meat. But I mm-hmm. just put some very, very hot hot sauce on it. And yep. um, whenever I eat too much hot sauce, I have weird dreams. I'm going to make sure I go to bed thinking about them tanuki uh, testicles to see how weird we can get this. So, nah, I'm not gonna bring it up. I had like a horrifying dream where I like actually woke up screaming, which never <laughs> happens to me. Um, That's pretty but amazing. It, it wasn't it wasn't funny horrifying. It was like legitimately scary. Yeah. Um, in my dream, so uh, for whatever reason, I was in a hotel. I don't remember why whatsoever i think there was like some kind of casino night thing like a uh, uh, one of those things where somebody runs a casino night for a charity or something okay in a hotel and i'd gone up to a hotel room i was going to the bathroom and all of a sudden my my sense of awareness of my surroundings became both uh blurred and hyper like hyper realized so like simultaneously i was like super alert and i like i was like in a fog which yeah, is so a weird so like thing to describe. You're, you're in your dream, you would be hyper aware and very able to pick up that something is off or about to happen, but at the same time, you have the inability to, with detail, tell what that thing actually is that you're picking up on. It was like it was like uh, it was like I was drunk, kind of. Okay, where like my senses were were dulled, but at the same time they were enhanced. Yeah, it was very weird. Um, but anyways, I leave the bathroom and then I'm like. Oh fuck! That thing's here, and that thing is an incorporeal like shadow person that haunts my dreams, which I never <laughs> talked about on this podcast. Um, but it's basically like a uh, usually it's a void in my dreams where yeah. it's like kind of like a dementor. Honestly, I think dementors are the reason why I have this shadow person as my nightmare because it literally looks exactly like a dementor. Oh, nice. Um. I realized that it was in the closet. Like, you know how hotel rooms usually has a closet, yeah, a closet yeah, yeah. by the door? I realized it was in the closet, so I'm holding it shut, and I'm like, I got to get out of here. I'm like, well, no, it's... I think I realized, oh, this is just a dream. I can. I should just look at it, and it take the power away from it. 
I looked at it and it looked more realistic than it ever has. <laughs> it was like, oh, that's fantastic. It like felt legitimately real. And my brain was just like, fuck. And I woke up screaming because of it. That's pretty great. I only mentioned that because you brought up dreams and I usually don't remember my dreams, but it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. like a, I, I a weird know. like dream flashback. I don't think this has happened for a while, but when I was little, I used to have night terrors, which is like when you have, you have a bad dream, but your body doesn't release that chemical that makes your that body shuts it down. Yeah, not move when you're moving in your dream. So that I was like, um, there was I think twice, uh, like I woke it up in the morning, and then Eric has been like, "Yeah, so what the fuck was that?" <laughs> <laughs> When uh, oh oh uh, man, this is this is great podcasting because the everyone's favorite thing is when people talk about their dreams. Yeah, I wasn't talking about my dream. Well, year, one yours was amazing, and two, I was t wasn't talking about dreaming. I was talking about having a bad dream, but like my body was act, and I was just I, just, I guess just like yelling and like flicking my legs around. Well, when I was a kid, um, there's a story. Uh, I was in bed with someone like a like a like I was a kid, so I was sleeping in bed with like a parent or something like that or an yeah. aunt. I, I think it was my uncle I was sleeping in bed with because it, it was just like I, I was very nervous and I needed like like I was very young too. Yeah. So I was nervous, young, and I needed to like be around someone. Yeah. Because my anxiety is terrible. Um, <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't listened to many episodes of this podcast go back you'll see there's a lot of evidence uh, of my anxiety um so i sat up in the middle of the night one time and said i want to be a pokemon master and then sat back down <laughs> that's so fucking good oh yeah. yes oh i wanted to be a pokemon master too though yeah anywho um, so due to their jovial nature... Let's get nature, back to this raccoon nuts. <laughs> we gotta get back to the raccoon... Well, raccoon dog nuts. Raccoon not dog raccoons. nuts, yeah. So due to their jovial nature in association with luck, Tanuki statues, balls and all, have become a popular sight in front of Japanese restaurants. Um, I don't really have much else to say here, uh, but uh, here's some traditional Japanese art displaying I, Tanuki I testicles. I really want a Tanuki statue right now. Yeah. Um, so Tanuki, I, I should note that Tanuki statues were used as raincoats, mats, nets, shelters, and so much more. So Brandon, yes. take a journey with me through Tanuki through the ages. Okay, so, okay, I mean, but just, just as a heads up, you can get a Tanuki statue for $16 on Amazon, and you can actually get the one uh, from your screenshot above or one that's very similar, but they're like $50 for like well, yeah, a reasonable one. Well, but yeah, you're getting a nice. You're probably getting a decent ceramic. I don't want a decent uh, ceramic. I just want a vinyl raccoon with big old nuts. I mean, the the the, the fourteen dollar one has the big old nuts. It's yeah. just the way that they're represented is different. There's a Tonuki Japanese raccoon dog ceramic cocktail tiki mug for twelve dollars, and this thing is packing. Oh no. Um anywho, I want Brandon, I, I collected some very particular artwork for you. Um 
I want to go through each of these images. I, I, I could see one there was a one. picture, and I, I've intentionally not been scrolling down. So, okay, let's scroll to the first image. Okay. I like it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so uh, this is showing off how the Chinooki could use their scrotum to intimidate. Uh, okay. So, we yeah. have a group of men with umbrellas who look like they're having... Well... Okay, so there's three guys, four guys, three guys. The I one, think they're, they're, I think they're peddlers. The one on top holding the umbrella looks very happy. The guy yep. just below him also looks pretty happy. The guy on the bottom in the purple looks like he's this. His life is flashing in front of his eyes in a horror. While a tanuki, <laughs> not this cute fat tanuki from before, this jacked, <laughs> this jacked angry tanuki is wielding his muscular testicles against like yep. he's taking on three guys at once with just some muscular testes oh no he is about to murder the guy in purple with his testicles he's about to smother him to death like there's no question about it like he he's there there what's the word for like animals that can control their tail and not just wag them oh not articulate like he can uh, prehensile. He has a prehensile. pre. Yep. He's got muscular prehensile testicles because these aren't on the ground. These are of their own volition, like aggressively going at, like they're stomp, trying to stomp on them, but they're being pushed back. I'll say it's a bold strategy to use your testicles as a weapon. Yeah. Um. So moving on uh, to the next one. So they also the tanuki also use their testicles as nets to catch fish. They're very stretchy. Um, mm -hmm. So now we have a group of Tanuki. And um, so I th I, th I've done this. I'm pretty sure you've, you've probably done this. It's probably a common school. Uh, as a little kid, that really big, colorful, like, um, sheet. Yeah, where yeah. They, and then everybody lifts it up. And then, like, you go inside of it. Um, it's like a parachute. Yeah, like a big, thing. colorful parachute. So yeah. these Tanuki, um, now I think, see, this is the thing that's hard to tell. Is this one? It has to be one or else it wouldn't work I'm, as a net. I'm I'm pretty sure it's one of the Tanuki's testes. Yeah, the one of the, so we've got four Tanuki. It took me, I looked at this picture longer than I want to admit, Brandon, All of to them try and figure this out. are stretching one other Tanuki's testicles out so wide, so wide. So wide. To, yeah. to, but there's fish in them, so they're using them to capture fish. They like they submerge, stretch and submerge, see fish mm -hmm. swim on top, and then quick lift, and now they have the fish captured. Yeah. Um, I want to point out that the one Tanuki, he is jabbing, and I'm assuming it's the Tanuki's whose testicles this is. He's the Because owner. he's not holding on to it. Um, he's jabbing a spear really close to his scrotum. Yeah. Real close. Like, Ill-advised, at the yeah. least. At the least. Oh, the next one's pretty good, too. This one I like a lot. <laughs> now, that's what I call... So, you can easily tell who drew the short straw on this road trip. Oh, yeah, I know. So, uh, <laughs> so there are uh, one, two, three, four, five Tanuki total in this image. Mm -hmm. It appears that they've all collectively wanted to go on a trip, but there mm -hmm. was a river. So, how do you cross the river? Someone's got to draw straws because we're all getting in somebody's testicles. So it's a, a, a testicle canoe of sorts. 
and yep. just one Tanuki is hands-free pulling four other Tanuki upstream. And he's got a pipe, too. Cause, yeah. And I'm assuming that that pipe has more than just uh, tobacco in it because he probably oh, no. needs it. That's an opium pipe for sure. <laughs> There's no doubt. Although I will, I will note that there is one of the one of the Tanuki in his scrotum uh, has a pipe as well. Yeah, one has a pipe. The other a pipe. The other has like maybe a heavy package. I don't know what that is. Yeah, no, it's it's a box alarming. Of something. The best part is Mount Fuji's in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! You uh, really next... knocked it out of the park on this oh, one. I, I... I found some phenomenal Tanuki photos. The the next one's especially good. That is that supposed <laughs> to be an example of shape shifting? So I don't know. I think he's just he's practicing. I think like he's starting <sighs> to learn how to use his testicles to shape shift. So we've got to see a bunch of Tanuki, and then there's one. There's one who's attempting to make his testicles look like a face. But he hasn't done a really good job, so it looks like he made... Like, you had a Mr. Potato Head kit, but not the Mr. Potato Head, so you used a real potato. And just well, that's stuck... what the way it used to be in the old days. Yeah, like you just stuck this shit onto yeah, it... a large old potato <laughs> it, it's, that's vaguely it, face-like. It's a fascinating image. Um, uh, you, you can probably find most of the images we're talking about by just searching Tanuki scrotum. Um you don't have to worry about a safe church because it's just going to show all these wonderful, wonderful Edo wood prints. Yeah. Um, the next one is hilarious. They are. <laughs> um, they're working out. So these are like pretty in shape Tanuki. There's one. Maybe oh, he, no, they're buff. He's working his legs by carrying his sack, which looks very heavy. And now oh, we yeah. have another guy in the background. He's my favorite, who's doing mm -hmm. leg presses with his own testicles, and. Well, that's great. And I don't know if the other two are trainers or if they're taking a break because they might be, like, wiping sweat off their brow. Oh. <laughs> well, the one guy, the one guy, I don't know. The one guy, there's there's one Tanuki in green who's got his hand, like, off to the side. And I don't know. He's just, like, I, there's something about the way that they're, they're posing that's just, like. I, I, th I think they're in the act of wiping sweat off their brow. I think I think you're right. I think they're I think they're they're like taking a break. But now, now if I ever get a traditional um Japanese style tattoo, I think I know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, cuz everyone everyone knows like the koi fish and the waves and the and, and what have you. But there I've not seen any just testicle tanukis. Well, that's because most people don't want to have Tanuki testicles on their body. Uh, yeah. Most. I, mo most. I'm going to say most. Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> um, I have one final picture, Brandon. It's from a movie. Uh, it's from Pompoko. And uh, it's the most novel use of the testicles of all of the Tanuki photos I've seen. Um, they're being used as parachutes. Yes, they're being used as parachutes. Which, now, when I think Tanuki suit Mario, can he glide? Uh, yes, he can glide, and I'm actually literally right about to talk about that. So, so let's go into is pop that culture. Nintendo actually showing scrotum in a video game? No, no. No, they don't. The Tanuki suit does not have scrotum. I'll say that. Um, so, 
Japan is a cultural juggernaut. Um, literally, uh, I, I don't think it's, I, I honestly don't think it's inaccurate to say that culture is their number one export at this point. Um, and as you uh, may know, if you've listened to this podcast, I am a truly colossal weeb. Uh, so you better believe I'm going to be talking about the, you the pop are. culture. I, I was, I'm sorry. I, I, in my head, was picturing Tanuki uh, suit Mario. But when I was thinking testicles, I was actually thinking flying squirrel Mario. I was conflating those two. So I, in my head, I thought he was like ah. stretching. It was him like actually stretching. No, no, no. His... Yeah, yeah, flying squirrel Mario is a separate one. That's from New Super Mario U, I want to say, or something like that. New Super Mario Brothers. Oh, and I was also thinking of like the, uh, the where he stretches a sheet out too. Oh, that's in that's in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, but that's, that's not Tanuki suit. Yeah, Tanuki suit. The Tanuki suit didn't appear in that one. Tanuki suit appeared in Super Mario Brothers three. Um, so, which getting into it, uh, and because this is the one that you remembered, I'm going to say that perhaps the most well influence on well known influence on modern culture is Mario's Tanuki suit. Um, which was first made available in Super Mario Brothers 3. So if you ever wondered why he could turn into a statue and use the leaf as a power-up, it's because of the Tanuki's ability to shapeshift. And there's actually a specific story in which the Tanuki turned to a statue. Um, I think that it was actually mistranslated as raccoon suit in the U.S., but I could be wrong um, initially. I, th- I, wouldn't, I, th- I wouldn't doubt that. That doesn't sound like, wrong. It, it, if you just told yeah. me that, I think I remember that, but I don't know if there's the thing where, like, I actually remember it or if it just makes enough sense where I go, oh, yeah, I remember that. And it, it, yeah, it, I, I'm in, well, implanting a memory. I don't know. It, it's it's one of those, like, Mandela effect type memories where you human memory is fallible. Um, so I don't remember if it was translated as the Tanuki suit always, because I, I have this vague recollection of it being translated as the raccoon suit instead of the Tanuki suit. But uh, every source I looked at, it's tra- it's the Tanuki suit. So it might be A, that it's just been corrected since then, or it might be B, that it was always correctly the Tanuki suit. So who knows? Um, Tom Nook is also a Tanuki in the Nintendo game Animal Crossing. And much of his behavior and tendency to sell items as leaves are lifted directly from Tanuki lore. That's why Tom Nook doesn't charge interest. Ah, see, th- I'm learning this about Animal Crossing, and I like it. I never yeah. questioned it. I just accepted things as were as they were, but I like knowing this is, is, is what's going on in the background there. Yeah, no, it's, it's deliberate. The reason that you're not charged interest is because uh Danzaburo Danuki didn't charge interest on his loans. That's literally the reason why Tom Nook doesn't charge interest on his loans. It's pretty great. Um as mentioned before, uh the Snooki were also the central characters in the nineteen ninety four Studio Ghibli film Pom Poco, which is actually named for the sound that the Tanuki make when they hit their bellies. Ah it's I the like onomatopoeia. It. Yeah. Pompoco, Pompoco, Pompoco. Yeah. Um Perhaps my favorite Tanuki fact, however, is that in Beast Wars Neo, there was a Tanuki character, Heinrad, whose transformation resulted in him having a pair of testicles. <laughs> and before asking, I have one, and I love him. He's literally right behind me. He doesn't have his sake and parchment uh, things because I don't want my cat to steal them on me. Uh, so they're in storage. But he's great. And I also want to note 
that the testicles are not essential to the transformation. (laughs) (laughs) They don't need them whatsoever because his legs uh, are formed from his back and his arms are his tanuki arms. So (laughs) they literally added testicles for no good reason. Because like if you look at if you look at the image, Brandon, yeah, um, the testicles are these like little uh, waist pads on his side. Oh, they're not. Yeah. They're not a part of any any crucial element. They literally could remove the testicles, and there would be no problem. But they it's a tanuki. Added, they added testicles to a Transformers figure to make it more accurate to a tanuki. Also, um, for those of you who don't know, Heinrad is a time traveling uh, time based character so he has like manipulation of time abilities so the toy for him uh has a functioning alarm clock that's fantastic that's fun i don't i personally don't use it as a functioning alarm clock uh mainly because i don't want the batteries decaying inside of him because um i was curious and i was looking to see if i could buy how much it would cost to buy a new heinrad you can't find him anymore oh no no um the only instance i could find of him was like 130 dollars oh so he's kind of become a rarity uh but i love him there's a malifaux third edition tanuki there is yep. wait uh yes 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 there's it's um i think it's 10 thunders it's tanuki trichi 10 thunders versatile yeah 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 um so yeah the 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 tanuki so 10 thunders is the um if if uh what's her name um kirai was made later in the the lifespan of uh malfo she probably would have been a 10 thunders character uh but she got assigned to resurrectionists okay uh, because 10 thunders is basically east asia the faction i really want to play malfo like really 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 bad but uh it's super difficult now yeah. For obvious reasons. Oh, we will play once. Um... One day we'll play. Yeah. I, I We've been trying to play for about a decade now, I think. Yeah. I mean, we we have the gear. Yeah. Um. And there's one more thing, Brandon. Yes. The reason why I did this episode is because Studio Trigger uh, made an anime called Brand New Animal which prominently features uh, a Tanuki girl named Michiru as she attempts to unravel a mystery uh, surrounding, surrounding why she was turned into a Tanuki girl. And it's, it's basically an anime filled with anthro characters. So it's super furry. And I love it. It's my favorite yeah, I, show I believe on it. No, the I, air right I, now. I never thought about this before, but... Because the nature of Tanuki is their testicles, they all have to be male. So if she got turned into a Tanuki... No. No. Only only male Tanukis have the testicles. It, 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 it It's weird. Can a female... Wait, are there female Tanuki, but they can't shapeshift? No, they can. Because we know for a fact that there are female Tanuki because of Shibamon Tanuki. Yeah, he has a wife. And she could shapeshift. Yes. And she could shapeshift, and that's part of why she died. But how do female um, Tanuki shapeshift if for the male, a large part is with the, the scrotum? I'm going to tell you the answer, Brandon. It's folklore. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, Brand New Animal is probably... So if you don't know Studio Trigger, Studio Trigger is a is basically the studio that came out of Ganex. Um, they're the people who did Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, Tengatapa Gurren Lagann. Um, uh, I like that. Uh, Panty and Stocking with Knee Socks. Um, basically, the DNA that made Ganex what it was became Studio Trigger. Um, the first anime that they did was Kill a Kill, which was also good. Honest, honestly, one of my favorite anime. Um, and uh, then they made a few that I didn't really like. And now they've made uh, Brand New Animal, and I love it. It's so viscerally animated. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Uh, so at the beginning of the story, the character really wants to turn back into be a human. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool to just be a Tanuki person. <laughs> I, I think it'd be cooler than being human because you're, you're, their like, abilities are all augmented because they're like animals. Oh, yeah. That, that would be fun. Uh, yeah. Also, um, because she's a because of her specific set of circumstances, she has this is slight spoilers, but not really because it's in the opening. Um, she has the ability to shapeshift into like other types of species, okay. so she can like get the legs of a cheetah or yeah. turn into like grow wings or something along those lines. That's not a spoiler because it's literally in the opening. So, um, but yeah, it's. It's a cool concept, really cool show, really fun show, and 100% the reason why I did an episode on Tanuki this week, because when I was thinking about what I wanted to do my next episode on, I had just started watching Brand New Animal, and I was like, I'm going to do it I'm Tanuki. Nice, I'm happy you did. Tanuki. Yeah, honestly, uh, one of my favorite stories I've told for this podcast, without a doubt. Um really super interesting lore really fun uh folklore storytelling um i really want to do more yokai stuff but yokai is very difficult to do for the podcast yeah. um, because usually i like to have i like to have more sources that i can verify um and i don't like to say things without being like able to like read the original article or something like that um but it's just such a compelling and interesting um it is a bit of folklore. It gave me an idea for to write another copy about something that I've always been like, oh, Tanuki Mario, what I know is never like, but why? So I think I might do a little uh, poking around on some tangential stuff on this. All right, that sounds good to me. Um, just don't don't poke around on Kitsune because that's definitely an episode that's oh, coming nope, out of me. I'm not. Nope. <laughs> um, so that's all I got for this week's episode. So, uh, as always, our website is CryptopediaCast.com. Our Instagram is at CryptopediaCast. Twitter is at CryptopediaCast. Email is CryptopediaCast at gmail.com or us at CryptopediaCast.com. Uh, we do have a Patreon. It's There's a link in the show notes. Um, and uh, every week, we thank our Jackalope-level sponsors uh, because that's one of their perks. So, Brandon, I think it's your turn to go through the list. All right. We'll do it. We're going to start with the OG, Mr. Clay Sinclair. He's been around for um, a very long time. And then we also have Marty of the party, Marty Von Party. He's the, uh, the, the, the party animal who has to stay away from Bird Schneider on account of his rare bone condition. Hollowest of bones. Um, That's true. 
that that's really just it just it's it was unfortunate he fell into a vat of uh pudding and that as everyone knows uh draws the marrow out of your bones it's a very very unfortunate thing and the very here here though here's the secret here's the surprise we've got a fourth one you know what there's a jonathan shepherd not an actual dog but also not related to that video game character from that uh, series that I pirated, and then they put out a real one, and it linked my old account, and, and it was, let me just continue Wait, the story. Mass Effect? Yeah, Mass you Effect. You pirated Mass Effect? I pirated Mass Effect, and then... One? Yeah, and then Mass Effect 2 came out, and I got it legitimately, but I still had Mass Effect, my old Mass Effect 1 account, and it let me bring all my stuff over. It probably is because of the save file. Yeah. Because it probably scanned for the save file and pulled that. Because yeah. if you pirated it, all you're doing is... So, one, first of all, stop stop saying when you've broken the law on the podcast. Um, second of all, <laughs> uh, uh, piracy is literally just breaking the um, DRM encryption. So, it's the same game. It's just oh. you, you, you remove the DRM check. That's all. Oh. Okay, you're just you're just lucky you were able to actually play the full game because sometimes when you take out the DRM on those types of games, it totally like, it, like scuttles it, it, it. Breaks them, or you can only play like yeah. the first part of level one or whatever. Uh, um, yeah, po- Pokemon did a weird thing with their game um, where it actually, if you use like action replay or something, it gets slower and some of the characters become more hostile towards you. That's funny. I like the the stories about how different companies do fun ways to uh Oh. It's like there's some like they make the game like slowly harder or harder or some like you just can't beat the game. Um my favorite is Mother is Earthbound. So in Earthbound, um you can play the full game if you're playing on a ROM copy of it, like a, a original like knockoff, like one of the old school ones until the very end. At which point, you can't beat the final boss. And it's an RPG. So it's like, you know, 30, 40 hours of your life has gone into this game. And when you die, all of your saves are erased. That's amazing. I like that. Yeah. There's some really, really good uh, DR on... Like, there's some really funny uh, anti-piracy measures. Uh, SNES was... was, uh, SNES had some really good anti-piracy things. Um. Uh, what else? There is there is one really funny one. Oh, uh, Donkey Kong Country had a really good one too. Um, I think. I think it was. Mm, damn it! I can't remember now. Uh. Whatever. Um. Anywho. Uh, if you have if you if you enjoyed the podcast uh be sure to rate review subscribe uh if you have any monster requests or stories be sure to send them in i've got a backlog of requests right now that i'll eventually get to one of these days yep oh it's my turn isn't it (laughs) a little bit yeah no I, i was uh looking to see if there was enough material on the other thing that i won't tell you about until later uh, Fair. If, 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 if what the things in the stuff, um, you could find me on Instagram at donkey underscore hands. My website is boyerb.com. My email is brandon at cryptopedia, and my Twitter is at cryptobrandon. 
Um, I'm Instagram at Mew2057. My Twitter is at JF Dunham. My website is johndunhamgames.com. And my email is john at critopediacast.com. And our art was done by Tom Hill. You could find him on Instagram at Thomas Michael Hill. His website is greatergloryco.com. And his email is tommikehill at gmail.com. Oh, that's how we know it's the end of the show. We know it's the end of the show. I'm yawning. (laughs) Um, As always, I'm John. I'm Brandon. And things are going to get weird.